this morning I want to start uh, by sharing a little bit about um, my experience right before I came here. So I was working at Glenfair Church, as you guys know, also known as Life City PDX. Um, if you're interested in looking up what we did there. But I was working there, and I was also working as a part-time janitor at my former church, Valley View Church in uh, Clackamas, Oregon. And I was cleaning the youth room one day, and I was listening to Audible, that wonderful app from Amazon where you can listen to books read to you. And I had this book by a well-known author nowadays known as uh, Simon Sinek. That's his name. And uh, he wrote a book called Finding Your Why. And I thought, okay, this is a good, you know, as I'm applying to churches and, you know, figuring out what God has for me, I should figure out my why. And it's high time that I listen to this audiobook. I didn't get through all of it, but what happened was uh, basically the premise of the book is that there's something, some underlying thing that motivates you to get up in the morning, to go to work, to go do the thing that you do. There is something that motivates you. And so for me, as I was cleaning the youth room, vacuuming, wiping the tables, making sure that everything was really uh, wonderful for the youth group at Valley View. Um, I was trying to think, okay, so if that's what the why is, what's my why? And especially where I was in a season where I was realizing, okay, so I have this long history of being a worship leader, and worship is such a part of my life uh, that I don't think I could ever separate from it. I'm just always going to have that be a part of who I am. But then I also have this aspect of, okay, but I'm also called to be not just a worship leader and not just building these experiences for people to encounter God, but I also have this call to come alongside people and pastor people. And so how do those two things in my life come together to form my why? And I'm probably not even remotely doing this correctly uh, within the, the process that Simon Sinek suggests that you do, because he says, do it with a friend and have them tell you what your why is. So already I'm, I'm backwards there. My point of why I'm going into all of this is as I was cleaning this youth room in Clackamas, Oregon, I had this thought of, okay, so my why is to bring people closer to Jesus. And as I chewed on that more and I thought, okay, yeah, yeah, that's my why. And the reason why I would want to bring people closer to Jesus, whether I'm leading worship or on a worship team, or maybe I'm just, you know, standing at a door greeting somebody, what is the thing that motivates me? It's that I want to bring people closer to Jesus because Jesus can actually help them. Not that I can't, and not that I can't be the hands and feet of Jesus, but that's my motivating factor. I want to bring people closer to Jesus. Well, much to my surprise, as I was led in the whole process of 
applying here to Florence Evangelical Church and uh, talking with our superintendent and everything. I did some research on our website at the time. And lo and behold, our mission statement was bringing people closer to Jesus. And so as an action sort of thing, I want to close out this year by laying before you the vision for our church and the mission for our church. Um, it's been a number of years since that mission statement was developed and established for our group here, but it's something that I would like to see continued at least as a driving why factor for us is that I'd like to see us bring people closer to Jesus in whatever we do. So with that in mind, I want us to turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. Christmas is over, folks. I know it's technically Christmas time for you liturgical folks out there, but Christmas Day is over. So here we go. So uh, we're not going to be focusing on the Christmas story, at least for another year. Can I hear an amen? We've already been through this like two times this year, and so here we go. Uh, Mark chapter 2, and we're going to be focusing on verses 1 through 12. And just to give you a little bit of backstory with this, uh, this would happen. Uh, we've also been going through the Gospel of Matthew. This happens around Matthew chapter 9. Matthew and Mark are our are, are cousin Gospels. They're part of the Synoptic Gospels, the ones that have a lot of the same content. Some people would submit that Mark was written first and that Matthew was an expansion on Mark. There's lots of reasons for that. We're not going to go into that th this morning. That doesn't help us find our why of bringing people closer to Jesus. But so Jesus has been preaching and teaching and healing. He's been going throughout the region of Galilee, and he's set up his home base in uh, Capernaum, and so he's gone out, done all this ministry stuff, and he's coming back home, and he's still teaching and preaching and healing, and so news about him has spread, and that's where we pick up here in Mark chapter 2, um, beginning in verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. It wasn't that big of a town, y'all. So many gathered uh, that there was, or so many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. How can he forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? 
which is easier to say to the paralytic your sins are forgiven or to say get up take your mat and walk but that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins he said to the paralytic i tell you get up take your mat and go home he got up took his mat and walked out in full view of them all this amazed everyone and they praised god saying we have never seen anything like this amen bringing people closer to jesus i want to focus there's a lot of things we could take from this passage and eventually once we get to matthew chapter 9 when we get back to our expository series we'll get there but for today i want to focus on the action of the friends they heard that jesus had come home and they had heard what jesus could do they had some kind of a knowledge about jesus and they decided whether from the suggestion of the paralyzed man or from their own motivation they said we need to get this guy close to jesus but the crowd kept getting in the way there uh the crowd that was excited just like they were that jesus had even come back home to town to teach and to heal and all of that they they wanted to get their friend closer to jesus and so they went out of their way above and beyond the call of duty to go ahead and get their friend to him so much so that they dug through the roof and somehow had some ropes and some kind of apparatus to lower him down right in front of jesus that is a lot of drive and motivations friends i would not necessarily go that far now maybe i mean if jesus was walking uh you know this earth right now and he walked into this room and he had come to town and everybody knew it and we knew that oh he's going to be you know preaching and teaching and healing okay cool then maybe i might be motivated to bring some of my friends who are, are lame uh in not in a, a cool sense but just a in a, a physical sense right and so maybe i might be motivated to do that but if i saw that there's this huge crowd and there's no way to get them in there i'd be like i am so sorry i look at the crowd i can't we can't do this i'm sorry we'll have to wait for maybe for jesus to come outside and then maybe we'll see him i wouldn't necessarily go through all the effort to dig through a roof just to get them to jesus but that begs the question for me and i would submit the question to you what can we do to bring people closer to jesus and that's the question that i just want to chew on for a moment this isn't going to be a long drawn out message we're not going to have you know a full thing with greek words and all of that i just want to focus on that action of bringing people closer to jesus what can we do there's a lot of things we could do there's a lot of things that have been done there's a lot of things that have been our practice for many a year i was once a part of a church where the 
the general guiding principle was, well, if lost people want to come and hear about Jesus, they know the times are on our sign, and they know when the church is open, they can come at Bible study time or during the service. They know where to go. And at one time in our culture, that was... You know, if somebody really felt impressed on them, I need to get to church. My life's a wreck. And, well, I'll give church a try. Then maybe they might go through that effort. That is not the culture we live in today. We need to re-strategize and re rethink how we do this bringing of people to Jesus. Because... It's not just a thing to bring them here. Although, if you want to bring people here, I'm all for it. Uh, you can see there's a couple of seats open uh, for, for some more for folks to join us. But I would submit to you that the best way to bring people close to Jesus is through relationship, through the natural way that you interact with people in your life and finding those opportunities to bring the gospel up in conversation or better yet your gospel the way that the gospel has impacted you your testimony how god has met you or how it, it doesn't have to be your whole life story it could just be you know, this is what I'm going through, and this is what God means to me today because of that. And uh, you don't have to necessarily make it weird or make it awkward, um, but it's a way of just opening up your life to somebody else so that you are friends with them. Because the thing that strikes me about these friends of this paralyzed man, they could have just been one of those folks who decided i'm not going to have anything to do with this paralyzed man i gotta get on with my life i'm going to do this thing but they were friends of him which means they had some kind of investment in this man's life and they knew of his condition and they knew that here's this jesus who's come along and he might actually be able to do something about it and so they brought the people, they brought their friend closer to Jesus and went out of their way. I think also it should be noted that for the friends, I don't know who they were. Scripture doesn't tell us that. I wish it did. That'd be a lot of fun. But I think for you and I today as an application, one thing that we need to know not you know so beyond just making friends with people and being kind and being friendly with people and building relationship we also need to build that relationship with jesus that personal relationship with jesus a great way to do that is through devotions through reading the word through prayer uh, through times of worship whether that's uh, putting a cd or your spotify playlist on with your favorite worship artist person um, or whatever it might be but spending time with god maybe it's going out for a hike in the woods and you get to 
bask in all the majesty of God's creation and you can just have some time with Jesus, you need to know him too. Because in order for you to bring people to Jesus, it might help for you to know him as well. And so there's relationships with people, there's relationships with God. I think there's also an aspect of being out in the community. This was not Jesus ministering in the synagogue, in the house of worship. He was just, he was either at his home or somebody else's home, and the place was packed out. (laughs) And the interesting thing to me is that these friends could have thought, we need to get them to the local synagogue. Better yet, we need to take the hike down to Jerusalem. We need to get this guy to the temple so the priest can anoint him and hopefully he might get healed. They could have had that thought process. But instead, Jesus wasn't in the temple at this point in the story. He wasn't in the local synagogue at this point in the story that we know of. It talks about him being in a home. Which means, if we were to apply that to our lives, I would submit to you that you and me, I'm not just pointing the finger at you, there's also a thumb going back at me, we need to be in our community. We need to know our neighbors enough to where we can know, hey, is my neighbor going through something right now? Is my neighbor... Uh, I know that uh, my neighbor recently, uh, just to the, to the left of me, he rolled his ankle. And he's, you know, getting older and he's got some health issues going on. But he's one of the few neighbors I actually know about because I have interaction with him. I don't, and I might say hi to a bunch of other neighbors on my street, but the onus is on me too. How active am I at just building relationships with my neighbors? Now, you guys might be awesome at this. This is just something that's been put on my heart for today. But my challenge to you would be to consider what can you do? What is the best that you can do? It doesn't have to be the best that somebody else is doing. You know, somebody might be really great at baking cookies, but maybe you're not good at baking cookies, and you know who you are, (laughs) right? And so for the people who are really great at that, that's their way of showing, you know, connection and community and love to somebody. And for those who are not good at that, please don't try to bake cookies for somebody unless it's the thought that counts. (laughs) So, um, but there are other ways. There's as, as many ways as you can think that, you enjoy connecting with people or that you enjoy, you know, building community, whether that's a cookout at your house when the weather permits, right? Or whether that's just inviting somebody over for a meal. Food is always good. Uh, There should always be food, in my opinion, when it comes to community things. But finding ways to connect with your community and so, my challenge my, with everything is to consider what is it you can do? And 
in a larger context, what can we do as a family? If that's, if, if that's our charge, if that's our mission, that we still say that we exist to bring people closer to Jesus, then we need to also have the reflection, how are we doing at that? What kind of influence are we having in our community? That may never change the number of people who join us here on a Sunday morning, but how are we doing at influencing our worlds with the gospel of Christ, with the difference that he's made in our lives? And so as we go into the new year, that's my challenge to us, is to be thinking about this upcoming year, how can we bring people closer to Jesus? And so I challenge you to think about that. And that's all I have for today. Let's go ahead and pray. And Robin and Angie, you can come up. And, um, and then we can sing. And close things out. So, Father God, I thank you that you are good. Jesus, I thank you that you make such a difference in our lives through salvation, through the way that you work, through the Holy Spirit to transform and change our lives from glory to glory. God, thank you for all that you've done in our lives. I ask God that as we go into 2022, God, that you would help us see the things that we need to change or just see the things that you've given us already that we can do, that it doesn't have to be necessarily digging through a roof to bring somebody to Jesus, although that might be the case. God, it might just be something super easy as inviting a neighbor over and building relationship. God, help us to know how to live out this mission that you've given us as a church. Lord, help us to love the lost. Help us to show your grace and your mercy and your kindness towards them. Lord, also in the places where we are still lost, would you help us? Would you help us in, interact with, with your grace and your kindness towards us? May we repent this coming year in the places where we need to repent and turn to you. And Lord, as we go, Holy Spirit, would you go with us? and empower and strengthen us and give us wisdom and insight in how to, to best be real with people in our process, in our everyday, so that through all that we do and all that we say, God, that we would bring people closer to Jesus. 
Thank you. In your name, amen.